podcast and i'm trusting this is going to be a blessing to you kind of missed out last week we had all this prepared to preach and minister to you but got so busy we didn't get that out and we've got a few more of these uh, lessons on being born for battle that we want to share with you so we're looking forward to the giving you the word of god tonight amen kind of late you're where i'm at about 12 o'clock uh central standard time and it takes me about 45 minutes an hour to get all of this taken care of so uh, I've got about an hour of good preaching. I'll be cranked up. I won't be able to go to bed and sleep real well. But uh, then again, maybe I will. I don't know. I trust I will, praise God. But it's always a joy for us to be able to share the Word of God in whatever means and manner that uh, that uh, the Lord provides for us. And so we trust that this is really being a blessing to someone as we share the Word of God with you. You know, it's important to know something about warfare. You cannot... I know there's extremes, and I've said this, I know already, but I'll, I'll repeat it because it bears to be repeated. There's always extremes about everything. You know, they, there's people who uh, years ago when the, God seemed to put his finger on the need for deliverance, and he's doing it once again, I believe, then there was all kinds of uh, material written and all kinds of excessive crazy stuff that come out and just turn people off to it. Uh, and 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 they wouldn't have anything to do with it. It's kind of a sad scenario because there's people who are bound who need deliverance, and there's nobody there to deliver them because they think it's a bunch of nonsense. But it's not nonsense, and, and spiritual warfare is not nonsense, but it has to be kept in balance with the Word of God. So hopefully we're doing that and helping you to understand some things in that way. Praise God. Father, we just we pray and ask you to help us today as we share the Word of God with your people. May we be a blessing and a help to them. And may their hearts be open to receive what the Spirit of God is saying to them And as we move by his anointing into this message that you've given us today in Jesus' name. And we'll give you honor and glory for it. Praise God. If I was to put a title on this segment of it today, I'd call, I would call it Rendering the Enemy Powerless. I want to use a portion of Scripture that maybe many of you are familiar with. And we will come back and make some comments on it later on about some things within that that we won't we'll just read it for right now. Matthew 18 and 19, Matthew chapter 18, verses 18 and 19 says, Truly I say unto you, whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall have been loosed in heaven. I'm sorry, I need to read that again. I'm reading from the New American Standard Version, and it says it just a little different than the King James, but it seems it's a little bit more accurate to the, the Greek. Here it is again. Truly I say unto you, whatsoever you bind on earth shall have been bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall have been loosed in heaven. In other words, whatever we do, it's already been taken care of in heaven. Heaven backs us. Uh, you know, and we, of course, that's within the framework of his word. And then in verse 19, again, I say unto you that if two of you agree on earth about uh, earth, about uh, anything that they may ask, it shall be done for them by my father who is in heaven. Uh, you know, there's scripture in Deuteronomy that makes us understand uh, that one will put a thousand of flight and two put 10,000 of light. So it's kind of that just to talk about that side of it for a moment, it's very important to realize how, how, how powerful two people who are in agreement uh, around the word of God really are your your power your prayer power and your power to resist your power to overcome is multiplied by the ten thousand 
And of course, in the New Testament, the Bible said we can do exceedingly abundantly above all we could ask or think according to the power of God that works on the inside of us. And so, you know, it's it, this is good to know, but let's accentuate on the binding and loosing for a moment because that's what we're going to, in an in a indirect way, we're going to be talking about that. Praise God. Now, uh, so we're going to call this rendering the the, the, uh, the enemy powers. One person said it this way. He said, many of the Lord's eagles have been influenced by the, by the mood of the world and have assumed the character of doves. And boy, that is absolutely the truth. If there's anything the devil wants to do, and seems to be doing very successfully in this day and time is that he's, you know, he's not resisting churches because they're not resisting him. He's raising up a bunch of uh, people who are bound by passivity. The mood of the world is, you know, just lay down. We don't need war. I mean, right now in this country, you know, uh, some of you may have seen the movie and or, or heard about it, uh, American Sniper. And whether you agree or disagree with it uh, is not even my issue here. The point is that uh, there's a lot of people that disagree. I mean, they don't like it. They don't want nothing to do with the war. They don't think we ought to do war. They would rather we just sit here and passively let somebody come in and take us over. And and sad to say, a lot of the church is pretty much the same way. And, and uh, we, you know, we used to back years ago say that worldliness is when you go out and dress like the world and look like the world and act like the world. Well. In part, that's maybe an element of truth in that. But but to think about this, there is an acting like the world. The church has become very um, nonchalant. And we'll talk about that as we go along. Got a verse or two down here that's kind of important. So there's a need for prayer eagles who will mount up in the full assurance of faith that they are in fact indeed seated with Christ in the heavenlies. And then from that position, move to resist the enemy. And overcome him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. See, we, the thing about it is, you can see a whole lot more from above than you can below. You know, you can get up on a tall building, look down, and you see all kinds of activity. Now, sometimes you can't distinguish it. Wouldn't be that way with us because we're eagles. I, I, uh, I read somewhere, or heard somewhere years ago, and I'm not sure of the accuracy of this because it's been a while since I read it. But I believe they say an eagle has telescopic vision up to 80 miles. I believe that's, and I wouldn't quote that to be an absolute fact, but I believe that's what I read. And if that be true, and of course we know they have telescopic vision in the, in the distance, I suppose would depend on the eagle. I don't know whether, you know, they have good eyes or bad eyes, but you know, they have good, we know they have good eyes. A healthy eagle has good eyes. And, and so the thing about this, we can see things and you can see things from a greater perspective. You know, actually the Greek word for wisdom is Sophia, I think is the way you pronounce it. But anyway, it, it basically the Greek uh, people of, the Greek people believed the wisdom was they get up in a high place and look down and observe things. And uh, they were better able to see things from a, an elevated position. Well, that's the way it is with us. We've been seated with Christ in the heavenly places. That's where we need to be doing our resistance from. That's where we need to be doing our warfare from, not from not on a uh, horizontal level necessarily, but on a, you know, well, not necessarily. You shouldn't be doing it on a horizontal level. You cannot fight the devil on a horizontal level. Uh, you know, you need to fight him from the vertical point of view. In other words, you, you, you. Even though he's in the heavenlies, we're we're seated far above him in heavenly places, and so uh, in Christ, and so that's where we fight. See, the power, so the power of the deliverance then from the power of the evil one comes through definite resistance on the ground of the cross. Now, there's a passive side of leaving everything to the Lord. 
as as Jesus uh, to the Lord Jesus as our life. I'm well, sorry, I'm not I'm not saying it right. The passive side of leaving everything to the the, the there is the passive side of leaving everything to the Lord Jesus as our as our life. While blessedly true is not all we, that is needed. In other words, we just say God is sovereign. He can do whatever he wants to do. I mean, you don't have to, he don't need us. We just leave it in his hands and we won't do anything about it. But I want you to notice something. And we'll point this out about the text, but this is another verse. Matthew 6 and 8. He said, Be you not therefore like unto them, for our Father knoweth what you have needed before you ask him. See, people will take that scripture and say, Well, it's no need for us to pray. It's no need for us to do any resistance. It's no need for us to do anything. And they, because the Lord already knows anyway. But notice the latter part of that. Uh, before you ask him. So Jesus is in essence saying in that verse, you, yeah, that's true. He knows everything you have, but he wants us to ask. And then our text, once again, verse 19 of our text scripture, Matthew 18, 19. Again, I say unto you, if any two of you agree on earth about anything that they may ask or they shall ask, the, the King James says, it shall be done for them, my Father in heaven. So, so we can't just leave, there can be no passive side of leaving everything to the Lord. As our, you know, because uh, it's true, it's good to put things in God's hand. That's where they are always been. We want to keep them there. One of the ways we put them there is prayer sometimes. I call it the, you know, prayer of casting your care upon Him. And I think we have some teaching and preaching along that line on our uh, uh, on our podcast, missed on our website. And so you can go in there and listen to that. You'll, you'll, you'll learn some things about prayer. So definite resistance on the ground of the cross is what brings light. We can have victory in the spiritual realm whenever we want it, when we understand some of this. Even the Lord himself, even Jesus himself resisted the devil vocally. You know what he said to him in Matthew 4, get behind me, Satan. And that's exactly what uh, we need to be doing. If it, it works for him, it works for us. He did it to set the pattern so we can do it. So there's some things that come along with all of that. But So our resistance is on the ground of what Christ did to the cross. He defeated the devil. It was a point of death where he defeated the devil. And then, uh, you know, uh, and so there, and it's there that we get, you know, the light. Uh, the old song used to be, I think Hank Williams uh, wrote it and sang it. I saw the light. I saw the light. No more darkness, no more night. And uh, we need to see some light. So we have victory then in the spiritual realm because of the cross whenever we want it, praise God. And, and then, Going right on into that, Jesus himself he resisted the devil. We need to learn how to do that. So in humble dependence on the Lord, we can do the same. And we can talk to the devil. Now, when I say that, I want to qualify that. Don't we just go around and talk to him like you would Jesus? Of course not. But you can talk to him, and you can. And the way you talk to him is what the Word of God said. Get out of here, devil. Get down the road, devil. Say it whatever you want to, but basically what you mean is get behind me. Get away from me. Get, get away. The Word said. And he won't like it when we use the word, but it doesn't make any difference. We're not, we're not running a contest to see what he likes. We're, we're, we're in warfare and warfare. All, the whole thing is all fair and love and warfare. Well, it's, it is fair. It's, you know, we, but it really isn't fair because we're going in, if we understand this, we're going into it uh, with a victory already uh, accomplished, a victory already assured on our behalf because of what Christ did at the cross. So, why not? I mean, he's, you know, I don't care if we have an advantage against him. Uh, that's what works. He's a, he's a spirit being. He has things at his disposal we do not. But the main thing is he's lying deception. If he can get us to believe it and lay down our authority, then he's got us where he wants us. So we, so we, so we, 
in humble dependence on the Lord, do the very same thing. We talk to saints that get down the road. The Scripture said. But we're, many times, you know, we've become so familiar with Scripture, we lose the sense of its practicality. In other words, we just think it's, uh, you know, we we spiritualize it to the point that we're, we're like the old saying is, we're so heavenly minded, no earthly bit of good. But the Word of God is a very practical thing. You can take it and use it for your life, wherever you're at. Yeah, I mean, you can do it. And this is one of the areas you can do it. You use what the Word of God said and put the devil in his place. Hallelujah. So we're chosen for good works. That God, is, that God has foreordained that we should walk in them. And part of that has to be in activities that bring us into close contact with the enemy. We're chosen for good works with God. That God has foreordained that we should walk in them. But part of that, I'm going to say it again, is, this, is we're brought in into activities which brings us close in touch with the enemy. Wrestling, you understand, is a different kind of combat. It's not like boxing. Boxing, you can kind of move in and hit and back away, move in and hit. But wrestling is close contact. Brother, sometimes that's when you're breathing. You feel the hot breath of unbelief of the devil breathing down your neck. And, brother, you're ready to, you know, you're ready to do something else. You want that done. Well, you just have to stick and stay and make it pay, friend. That's the way it works. And then we've been conditioned to a more comfortable form of Christianity in this country. Another thing, in other words, we don't want to wrestle. We 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 uh, we don't want to take part in wrestling. We're ready to give up and, and cast all of our dreams away, uh, of ease away. I mean, I'm gonna say it another. We may take some wrestling on God's part before we are ready to give up and cast our dreams of ease away. Listen to what the Scripture said: "Woe be unto those who are at ease in Zion." I I'm going to look at Amos six and one. Uh, we, in other words, we can't let ourselves become so comfortable and so passive and so nonchalant in our Christianity that we don't want to have any to do with. We don't want to. We don't want to have no close combat. We don't want to do no wrestling. We don't want to do none of that. We're ready to just give up everything. We don't want to do it. Woe, the Bible said. It's a. He speaks down to those. Speaks a curse if you want to say it that way. But it's not really what I want to say. But in essence, the word ease there means the law. And I know that's an old word. Many people don't use it, but it really means to be lazy or to lounge around or to hang loosely. And so God don't want us doing that kind of stuff. He wants us, to, he wants us, uh, you know, wants us astute and going after business. Now, the only way we can be, uh, the devil can be rendered powerless today is as a truth and a reality of the Savior, victory through the death on the cross is administered by the believer on earth operating in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to say that to you again. The only way the devil can be rendered powerless today is as the truth and reality of the Savior's victory through his death on the cross is administered, listen, that's very important, by the believer on earth today. It, John Wesley said it this way in reference to prayer. He seems like God can do nothing in this earth unless somebody ask him. Well, let's take that a step further. God has all the authority necessary, but unless it's enacted upon this earth, it's not going to do very much where the devil's concerned. We're just going to walk around twiddle our thumbs and just walk from defeat to defeat, and that's not the way it's designed to be. See, the truth of using his name is shown to us in Luke 10, where Jesus said, the disciples came back to him and said, Lord, we found out the devils are subject to us in your name. And they were rejoicing because of that. He said, well, I saw Satan fall from heaven as lightning, and you know. And behold, I've given you power over all power of the enemy. So he, when he, he on, even on his own this earth, he released that power, especially since he's left his earth. He, he gave that in the person of the Holy Spirit because he said, after that the Spirit of God has come upon you, you shall receive power. And so, you know, uh, 
you, you, that's the only way we're going to win is if we administer the authority given to us. You know, we just like Jesus. He said, I'm a man. Uh, the, he was re- making reference to himself. Uh, the scripture was making reference to him, rather, as it, when he was talking about the centurion, because the centurion come to Jesus in Matthew 8, said, I want you to come and heal my son. And uh, and he said, I will. And uh, and so, you know, he, he, was, he, he went and done that. I had a point, and that point kind of slipped away from me. But I'm talking about the name of Jesus, and I'll, I'll just come right back around here. We'll get it back. I know we will. But uh, Jesus was talking. Uh, you know, he was talking to them when they come back. And said, "Lord, we rejoice because the devils are subject to us in your name." And he said, "You know, uh, that you ought to rejoice." You ought to rejoice because your names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. I know I had somebody challenge me on that verse one time, and they kind of said to me. Well, you know, it's more important that your name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And I said, yeah, and that's the reason why you can use the name of Jesus Christ, because your name is in the Lamb's Book of Life. See, that's important to know that. And so unless we administer uh, certain things, and I was talking about authority in Matthew 8, authority in this earth. Jesus said, I'm a man. Uh, the, the centurion said, I'm a man under authority. Well, we're a person. We're a person. We're the, his church. We're his body. He's the head. We're the footstool. He's the head. We're the body. We we have the power to administer his authority in this earth using his name. And so in his name, we cast out devils. That's what the Bible said. Now, thank God I knew I'd get back around there. I kind of messed it up a little bit, but hopefully it'll make a little sense to you. So the truth then is, is in the testimony of Jesus where he said, I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. And behold, I've given you power over all power of the enemy. And then he tells us another place in my name, cast out devils. So, t- so Satan's tactic, tactics then seems to be as follows. He, first of all, opposes our breaking through the place of real living faith by means of his power, by, by, by all the means in his power. He resists that. He stops, tries to stop that. He detests the prayer of faith for it is the authoritative notice to quit doing what you're doing, devil. Now, that's really what it is. And uh, he, he, so he poses that he he does everything he does everything under his power to stop that. That's what I'm saying to you. But he cannot stop it if we stay in authority, stay in faith. Praise God, Amen. Now, you know, I'm because I want to put a little something else because I'm I'm really in a way talking about prayer in an indirect way, and yet more than that because you know it's you have what you say, and you also have what you pray. But if you're going to pray, you got to say. Now I mean you can you can you can pray under your breath and you can pray silently and that's certainly okay. But I'm saying most of us pray out loud, especially in our private prayer, and we should be praying scriptures and and if you're filled with the Holy Ghost and you should be and if you're not you can be, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues then you can pray, way beyond your ability to to pray. You you won't have the limits. But I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about the second part and call it long range penetration. This very important point. Because in Ephesians 6, the believer's armor is listed. And in that particular thing, there is he talks about praying, verse 18, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. And I, I heard or read some teaching. I was trying to find a, a book that I had read that in. could not find it. I've uh, been looking for it. I, either someone has it or whatever happened. But uh, they, the person was talking about the armor. He said that was one of the things that was not... One of the things that wasn't mentioned there that the Roman soldiers that, that Paul was talking about used was a javelin, or we'd call it a spear. Spear. 
the spear, he said, was representative of prayer because it has no, uh, no limitation, you know, to how far it can go. In other words, if we could have a burden and we could pray knowingly about someone we know on the other side of the world, maybe we know a missionary or have a friend somewhere in another part of the world, and we get a burden inside of us to pray and we pray for them and we don't know if there's anything going on, we don't know, don't hear anything, but then eventually we hear something uh, you know, some news from them. And they say, well, you know, listen, this happens such and such time. And then we know. Sometimes we, uh, those of us who have been filled with the Spirit of God and praying in other tongues, we don't know what we're praying for for a long time. Sometimes we may never find out. But my point is this. Uh, it's not just, re- that prayer is not just relegated to somewhere local. It works here and it works far away. It's, it, it has something to do with our uh, uh power of strategy in war now one of them one of the stratagems of war is to infiltrate specially trained and equipped forces behind the front lines of the attacking enemy in order to disrupt his support system and thus weaken his offensive thrust a very important point one of the strategies we have is to infiltrate uh, or send behind enemy lines well-trained and equipped forces that attack the enemy in order to disrupt his support system and weaken his offensive trust. That's that's the thing about it. That's that's you know we we studied a little bit about the Civil War. Our son's a historian. He talks about it some, but the Civil War was basically lost to the South because they not because they didn't have fighting ability and fighting. You know they had a a, a power to do that to win, but they didn't have the supplies. Their supplies were cut off. And 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 so that's where we need to work with the devil. You know, he's working overtime to cut yours off, buddy. I can tell you that right now. He gets you disobeying God or whatever he can get you to do, get you messed up or thinking, feeling guilty or some other dumb thing he comes down the line with. And he's, he's infiltrated your war zone. And he's released a strategy that tells you you can't do this and you can't have that and God don't care about you and God don't love you, yada, 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 yada. And, it's, and, he, and he, he is well-trained. He knows how to do this. He's he's got some tricky ways of reducing the effectiveness and the thrust of God's church in the world. Uh, and you better know that there's not anything he doesn't know about infiltration. He knows, and he's you know not to give him too many, too much credit. I don't want to give him too much credit, but the fact is he does know, and so he's no slouch in that area. You you know during the period of Vietnam War there was a lot of bitterness and controversy at home, and I know because I was a part of that. A war machine and many of the young people eligible for draft with their loved ones were infected with anti-overseas involvement complex and and and, and so now you and i look around us now in the last few years and thank god for every missionaries out there and for everyone who's gone for the sake of christ but there's not a you know in my time of becoming a christian man everybody was thinking about going to another country to preach the gospel to win the lost we don't think about that now there's a there is an anti overseas involvement complex which has shifted shifted into the church and the thinking of the christian young people in churches bible schools and seminaries this was part of the, and this is part of the devil's strategy he wants to stop it the infiltration uh, uh, uh uh, our our job is to infiltrate the devil's territory and pluck souls out of his grip and liberate sinners. That's our that's our responsibility. We need to do that in every possible way we can. We need strategy. It's just not a haphazard thing, brother. We got to get after. We talk about battle. We talk about war. We're talking about somebody's in charge or some things going on. So once. Or they were once gripped with the bug and suggesting that it was God's command to go into all the world and preach the gospel every creature. Now it's been shot down. 
Now, and now here's the thing about it. 85% of church growth, I, I read somewhere a couple of years back, has been changing saints from one church to another while the sinners are going to hell in a handbasket and very little outside the church envis- uh, envisioned at all. Because the church and because the church in general has become inside the walls minded, thinking only of its own well-being, and keep in mind, selfishness is the opposite of love. Love lays down its life. Love, like faith, is dead without actions with it. It's just you know. In fact, we say love, faith worketh by love, and that's so. It you know it's it compels you. Love. Paul said the love of God constrains me. He was a missionary. He was a missionary extraordinaire. And he said the love of God constrained. In other words, he was driven by the love of God. And we should be driven by the love of God. So in modern warfare, infiltration is now accepted as standard procedure and is usually practiced, but not in the church because it's become inside the church minded. They don't want to deal with the devil. They stick their head in the sand and not deal with the things that come along. And we'll bring out some more things that will help you along that line here in a minute. But, you know, in most modern warfare in the world, they understand infiltration. You've got... A lot of emphasis has been put on Navy SEALs and what they do. Well, there are other special forces and services, and some of the, some of those are gathered together with the Navy SEALs, but they infiltrate the enemy's territory and sometimes take out, um, you know, like the movie about the sniper, taking out key people who are uh, heads of all of that that needs to be taken care of, and we need to do that. The devil has some strongholds. And, and, and you know, there's and the weapons of our, not, are, are, of our warfare are... Not flesh and blood, but they might through God to the pulling down of strongholds. So we need to identify those strongholds and infiltrate those and go behind those lines. Bless God, and uh, and more or less eat the devil's lunch. Amen. And tear up his kingdom. Amen. Uh, in World War II, one man who contributed largely to a bolder developments of uh, of this strategy was Major General Ord O R D E Wingate. For the conquest of territory overrun by the enemy, Wingate formed the long, what he called the Long Range Penetration Group. That's where we kind of got this title, long, train, long Range Penetration, from that point. And then organized an expedition to penetrate behind the enemy lines and operate there as a part of the main offensive. That was, that was his thing. He, he was the originator of what we call Long Range Penetration Group, or the LRP, for short, LRP. And he organized an, an expedition to penetrate behind the enemy lines and operate there as a part of main uh, of the main offensive. A powerful, powerful thing. You know that that was not something that was just uh, you know practiced by him. Actually, there's a biblical pre- precedent for that. And we're gonna read a few scriptures. It'll take us a few minutes to read it. But I, if, if you've ever read the story about Gideon, Jude, uh, Judges six. And seven and eight, right in there. If you'll read that, you'll see all of this. How the Gideon was chosen by God to go fight the Midianites who were persecuting Israel, and God gave me he gathered together Israel. I had thirty some thousand people, and God reduced it down to three hundred. I think it was three hundred people he had left over, and God took that three hundred. And with God and the three hundred, they penetrated the enemy's camp and did a. Uh, a number on him and uh, they put him out of business i'm telling you but he wasn't but gideon was a fearful man and so when it come time for him to get ready to right before him to go to battle when he would reduce the army god said i know you need encouragement and so picking it up in judges seven and nine he said this now the same night came about that the lord said to him arise and go down against the camp for i've given it into your hands but if you're afraid to go down go with purah your servant down to the camp, and you will hear what they say, and afterwards your hands will be strengthened that you may go down against this camp of the camp. 
So he went with Purai, his servant, down to the outpost of the army that was in the camp. Now the Midianites and the Amalekites and the sons of the east were lying in the valley as numerous as locusts, and, and their camels were without number, as numerous as the sand on the seashore. When Gideon came, behold, a man was relating a dream to his friend. He said, Behold, I had a dream. A loaf of barley bread was tumbling into the camp of Midian. And he came to the tent and struck it that it fell and turned it upside down so that the tent lay flat. His friend replied, This is none, nothing less than the sword of Gideon, the son of Joash, and the son and the man of a man of Israel. God has given Midian and all the camp into his hand. When Gideon heard the account of the dream and his interpretation, he bowed in worship. He returned to the camp of Israel and said, Arise, for the Lord has given the camp of Midian into your hands. What a deal. You know, what happened here was, and this is available to you and I, God has a way of, of causing us to see into the enemy's camp. Well, this is a gift of the Spirit of God. There have been of some occasions, not all the time, like some people will lead you to believe, but there's time when God sends angels to give in certain instructions to help us along a certain way. So God has, God has uh, avenues and ways to help us in our strategy to get behind the enemy's line. See, you know, we can see what the devil's doing by the Spirit of God, if, if you know, if it's as the Spirit of God wills, and He wills, when we pray, and we pray, say, God, what do we do? How do we do? How do we go about this? And this is what's going on here. Gideon was a fearful man. He had a reason to be fearful because there was hundreds of thousands of people. The camels were so many you couldn't number them, and the people on them, of course, just as many. And, uh, you know, he was facing a fearful sight, probably something horrible to, to think about. But he... But he got encouraged in the Lord, and then from that point on, of course, as we say, the rest was history. So uh, uh, that's that's a powerful, powerful thing to think about how God had him to penetrate. For so he tells us with his, you know, Wingate with his special training and equipment and relying on supply drops from the air, the brigades that he had were to ambush the enemy's support columns, blow up his supply dumps, and, and strangle his life. Uh, line in the front of his, his frontline troops, and that's what we do when we do the kind of warfare in prayer or or however how we go about doing it. We're to we're to as we say pray for laborers to go to the harvest, but we're to pray for the laborers in the harvest and pray that they'll be effective. So the so it was said concerning the effectiveness of Wingate's um, uh, chindits that they were called as they were called is better gauged from the testimony of the enemy than from his fellow officers many of whom doubted that any good was accomplished here's here's what i'm saying when the seven sons of skiba tried to cast out a devil and they said uh, uh, they're in acts in the book of acts the bible said that they said we adjure you in the name of jesus whom paul preaches uh, and the devil spoke out of them and said Jesus I know, now listen, and we know he knew Jesus, and Paul I know. So Paul had done some major damage to the devil, and that devil knew who he was, I'm telling you. And, you know, uh, I, I certainly want to be known in heaven. I want my name in the Lamb's Book of Life, and to me there's nothing more important than being saved. I, I, I'm glad I'm saved and born again and washed in the blood. But if I'm, if I'm going to have a name, I might as well have one that's a name that says to the uh, that's talked about in the kingdom is devil, uh, the kingdom of the devil. When he says, when I get up in the morning, oh, Lord, he's up again. Uh, and that what should be about you. You should be saying that. But one of the one of the Japanese people whom he fought against gave a testimony concerning uh, uh, Wingate's um, warriors. He said, 
One Japanese officer wrote, How was it that we Japanese were so triumphant in the beginning and had to endure failure in the end? What happened in Burma? In coming to any conclusion, we must not forget Major General Ord Wingate. He reduced the Japanese power to wage war on four Burma fronts so fatally, and so fatally affected the balance. Hallelujah. That, with that strategy he had, he limited the devil's ability to do anything, and that's exactly what I'm saying. He, he, he's doing it to us. We need to do it to him. Praise God. Amen. I hope this is penetrating you today. It was said about Win, Wingate, in, uh, who died in a plane crash, that he had discovered a strange and perilous path with only the bravest could follow, but victory was at its end. And I put in my notes, so did Paul. He, he knew what it was. He knew victory was an end. And when he got ready to be uh, have his head cut off, he said, I fought the fight. I've kept the faith. I've run the race. I've done everything necessary for me me to do there's a crown later for me go ahead and cut my head off but i'm like i got a head there and there's a crown to go on it praise god so so i'm now sure that the, the long-range penetrating principle applies of course to the church and christian soldier as it did for wind gates in burma and the authority and the brains keep this in mind the authority behind brains behind every attack always comes from the commander-in-chief at the rear meaning and i'm referring to the devil he is a wicked force behind all attacks. So we need to understand that if we're going to use strategy. We need to realize that uh, most of the stuff we're dealing with uh, like that is Satan-inspired. He's there to stop it, to get us distracted, to take us a different direction, to do what he can to stop the power of God to flow in those and to stop our authority, to stop our prayer of faith, and to do everything he can to stop it. And we need to keep that in mind. But make it, but say, you know, devil, I don't have to be in the heavenlies to defeat you. Even though I am seated with Christ in the heavenly places, you are under my feet. If if Jesus the head, and then I'm the and the church is the feet, then I'm far above all principality and power according to the word of God. So you're under my feet, devil, and I'm telling you, you're going to stay under my feet. There's a little song that we sing, used to sing. He's under my feet. He's under my feet. Uh, now my victory is complete. And that's true, my friend. He's under your feet. Praise God. Amen. Right there where you're at. Just say, devil, you're under my feet. So when people, so when God's people are under attack, it's the responsibility of, of the man with God's delegated authority to exercise the authority of God's name. That's exactly right. I'm, uh, a person of authority is to use the name in authority. Praise God. Now, here's a, some little points about prayers that penetrate. There are two aspects of prayer that we need to take a closer look at. One is illustrated in Philippians 1.19 where Paul says, and I'm going to add a little bit in here, not to add to the scripture, but to clarify it. Paul says, for I, or the missionary at the front line, know that your prayers and the help given by the Spirit of Jesus Christ has happened to me. What has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. Now, isn't that something? He knew that the church at Philippians well, the Philippian church was praying in such a way that it was going to turn to his victory. He knew, had you know, I know he knew that was his success. I know that. I know we have people who pray for us and we go overseas. We have people that stand with us and, and keep us lifted up as well as here and here and as well as over there. And thank God, I'm telling you, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'll just go. But I, but uh, that victory and the things that we take authority over of and have you know, see victory, people saved, filled the Holy Ghost and healed by the power of God is a result of a lot of people praying for us. And, and we understand that, thank God. It's vital and important. You may you may never be a, a limelight in your church or any ministry you're working with, but I'll tell you one thing, you will be in heaven, and God knows who you are. He knows who you are. 
and uh, you just keep on pressing on through. So the fact of supporting prayer is turning apparent loss into stepping stones for the furtherance of the gospel. That's the way we say it. The church at Philippi is part and parcel of the main defensive. It is their responsibility, it is and was their responsibility to see that the necessary supplies got through to the brave soldier at the front. Because Paul said, you know, nobody communicated to him except them, and they communicated time again and again. Praise God, they were very diligent about it. Then another point about the aspect of prayer is it's a little different approach and function, but it's vital, but it's often neglected. As part of the main defenses of God's missionary program, the aspect is put before us in the words of the Lord Jesus Christ: "How can anyone enter a strong man's house and carry off his profession, uh, off his possessions?" Going back to the text, unless he first binds a strong man. And so that's that's I've heard that taught totally opposite of that. But what he's saying is that we the greater is He that's within us than He that's in the world. The Bible said, and so we have the power to bind and loose on this earth. Jesus' word said that we do. And whatever we bind has already been bound in heaven. Heaven's going to back it up, praise God. It's already been taken care of. God's a faith God. He's saying, whatever you do, I've already taken care of in heaven. It's a done deal. You don't have to worry about it. You just take my name and my authority, and you put the devil in his place and make him stay where he belongs. Put the dog back under the porch, amen? Hallelujah, and put him back on his side of the fence. But you can't enter. You have to first enter a strong man's house and take his possessions away from him. You've got to take back what the devil's stolen. Victory can be hastened and casualties lessened by infiltrating the enemy's vulnerable control zone where plans for attack are conceived and from which the orders are issued. That's what I was saying about Gideon. He was able to go in and see, it was a type anyway, of what we can do, go in and see what's going on. And and, and with that, praise God, do it. See, Jesus, Joseph and Mary took Jesus to Egypt because an angel of the Lord came and warned them what was going to happen. And so they, they, uh, you know, they stayed one step ahead of the devil, as we say. He wasn't able to kill Jesus. If he had been able to do that, then he wouldn't have been able to do a lot of things. But he, but he wasn't able to do that. And so, uh, thank God for that, because they, they listened to what the Lord said. The Lord God said. Now, to the believer, the heavenlies are more real than the temple things on earth. Satan control, Satan's control zone is vulnerable because he is a defeated foe. That's the that's a that's a powerful point. We're not going into this battle and this war as we're talking, or into this war zone, or into war, uh, whatever you want to, what term you want to. We're not going in there with someone who has has we have no power to overcome. His everything he has has been defeated. He's been totally stripped of all of his possessions, all of his power, everything he's had. Jesus took it all away, and he gave us victory. Things. So we're he, we're going into a vulnerable control zone uh because he's defeated the foe so he and, and then he and then with that he must yield ground before the believer who resists him in the delegated authority of the stronger than the strong we're stronger than the strong we resist him with the delegated authority of the stronger than the strong uh so in other words whatever we bind on earth will be bound in heaven whatever we loose on earth has already been loosed in heaven the, see, the initiative for taking action is placed on the church with the promise that heaven will endorse that initiative. We have heaven's backing, all resources available to us, whatever, whatever, whatever. I'm going to say that again. The initiative for taking action is placed on the church. The initiative for taking action. We need to get up and act. We don't wait for God to boom out of heaven, go do something. He's not waiting on God. People say, I'm waiting on God. We're not waiting on God. He's waiting on us. 
We need to get up and get with it. Amen. Praise God. And we have heaven's back in all of heaven. When we use the name of Jesus, everything that represents authorities in heaven is at our disposal when we need it. Thank God. I'm glad we know that. But there's some, some cautions we need to sound. The enemy fighting against us is, is a real person. He is a spirit. And therefore, there's no time do we dare to move against him or any of his wicked spirits with weapons that are not spiritual and then only under the leading of the Holy Spirit. Because, because we need to be, we need, we have a commander in chief that operates through a, the Holy Spirit to, on our behalf. He says, go, we go. In this warfare, it is not for us to pick and choose at will where we think we should attack. We must first submit to God. That is the order of priority. Jesus, James said it this way, submit yourself to God, then resist the devil and he will flee from you. James 4, 7. Paul's battle, uh, in, uh, battle order of the day in Ephesians 6 was this. Finally, finally, be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Your struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms. Therefore, Put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand against the stand your ground after you have done everything to stand. Praise God. Ephesians 6, 10 through 13. So keep in mind, we have that long range penetration ability. Praying, take that praying, praying always in the spirit and all prayer and supplication in the spirit. Thank God. And watching and watching while you're doing it, watch and pray. Praise God. Amen. And so we're 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 going to we're taking back what belongs to us. We're we are the winners going in. We're going in as winners and we're coming out as victors. Hallelujah. Because our our main victors brought wrought by Christ. Amen. Praise God. I hope this has been a blessing to you today. It's been a joy to share it with you. We kind of bumbled through it, but we, we got through it and I believe that there's some truth in it and you're going to get a uh, get helped and blessed by it. Praise God. We're looking forward to be with you. I think we have a few more of these uh, lessons we want to give you before we change any kind of subject. Amen. So invite your friends to come and listen to all of this because it'll be a blessing to them. If it's a blessing to you, it's going to bless somebody else, and we want it to be a blessing. Praise God. We pray for you and pray that God will give you victory in every area of your life, spirit, soul, and body, financially, socially, and every other way. And, And I want you to always remember God is exalted. Satan is defeated, and Jesus Christ is by one Jesus Christ, reigning through life on the basis of the blood.